Today, we're talking about how to start your own nonprofit. I was so surprised when I posted on my Instagram story that I wanted to do a podcast on this topic, and I got so many messages of people saying, yes, please do it. So I am pumped to share all that I've learned and how you can absolutely start your own nonprofit around whatever cause speaks to you the most. We usually think about volunteering and donating the most during the holiday season, but it's a very cool thing to make it a part of your life and your family's life all year round. Today, we're talking about everything you need to know to start your very own nonprofit and do some good for this world. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. I am so passionate about my nonprofit. I'm excited to get into this today. So a little backstory, just for context. I started my nonprofit, The Happiness Project, 13 years ago, before I had kids and even before I was married. I was in my 20s and building my business, and I just wanted to start something else, something that impacted others and helped people that needed help. I was volunteering at homeless shelters and soup kitchens and visiting free housing facilities and just helping with whatever they needed. I talked to people and I learned everything I could about what the shelters or the groups could provide and what the people they served needed. So in my case, I was focusing on kids in need and specifically homeless kids. So these kids would be ones that would be living in a homeless shelter or would be visiting kind of what we call a soup kitchen type facility daily for meals, or kids that were living in very overcrowded situations. So we would consider them, you know, homeless to some degree as well. So maybe they would be three families living to a one or two bedroom apartment, or families that kind of hop from motel to motel every few weeks or every month. I really got to learn a lot about homelessness and specifically homeless children and homeless, not necessarily that they're living on the street, but that they're living in some sort of unstable situation. So that was what was most interesting to me and I was the most passionate about. So I just started by volunteering everywhere. And I noticed quickly that there was a huge gap in what these kids needed and what the shelters could provide. So the shelters provided, of course, shelter, a place to sleep. They provided meals. Even they would pack a lunch for kids going to school. So they provided the basics. In some shelters, that would literally mean sort of flat kind of cot mattresses in big rooms, and they would almost be right butted up next to each other, and families would kind of just stay in the same area. And they would all sleep in, you know, big rooms. So it's a pretty extreme living situation. So I was like, okay, what can the shelters provide? Okay, perfect. Got that. And now what do these kids need? And what's in the gap? What's falling in the middle that no one's providing? That's what I want to do. I want to figure out how to bridge that gap and fulfill those needs for these kids. So 
as I got going, I figured out sometimes it was birthday gifts. So the families would reach out to me when they couldn't provide a cake or any gifts for a child's birthday, or if they needed money to go on a field trip, or if they needed $50 to play soccer that season for uniforms and everything needed. Or sometimes it was that children needed money for toiletries or some sort of personal items or maybe reading glasses. We started out by just getting requests. So I would give forms out to all the shelter directors and I would say, if you have anyone in your group that has a need that you can't fulfill, have them fill it out and get it to us and I will figure out a way to fulfill that need. So I would either sponsor it myself or I would find other people to sponsor the child for whatever they needed. And sometimes we would have a whole bunch of requests at once and then other times it would kind of be more mellow and they would kind of trickle in. But we were growing and we were helping kids and we were really making an impact one child at a time, one situation at a time. And it was very cool for me because it was very specific. And people were happy to donate because I wasn't just saying, hey, you know, give us $250 for this program. I would literally say, when we would get new people involved, I would say, okay, I have these six kids. This is a specific situation for each of these kids. What interests you the most? And someone would say, perfect. I will give you $150 so that child can, whatever it is. And I would just get each one individually sponsored by different people in our volunteer group. And people were excited to help and they were happy to make an impact Sometimes it was volunteering their time too, not just money. Maybe we needed to figure out how to get someone's apartment painted because it was, you know, the paint was peeling off and it wasn't a great living situation. Whatever it is, people pulled together and brought together their resources and together we figured it out. In 13 years, I've never had a request we weren't able to fulfill. That was our mission that's what I was going to do. And so this is how I grew it. I started a birthday program to help all these kids during their birthdays. Then I started a big holiday event in December. So I said, we're going to do these things throughout the year, but in December, we're going to do a big party for these kids. Whatever worries, whatever troubles, whatever stresses they're facing, they're not thinking about that tonight. We're going to throw a huge party and they're going to get a big bag of gifts. So the first couple years I traveled, my husband and I would travel to each shelter and we'd throw the party there. So I'd bring Santa with me and gifts and we'd set up crafts and activity stations and all the kids would go through the lines and they would experience the event and it felt like a big holiday celebration. Then as we grew, it became something that we couldn't really physically go to the different shelters realistically. So I reached out to South Coast Plaza. So if you're not from Southern California or Orange County, South Coast Plaza is a huge high-end retail mall, kind of in the center of Orange County. It's in Costa Mesa, right by Newport Beach. And they have big department stores, Nordstrom and Macy's, and they also have, you know, kids stores, everything. It's a huge mall. So I reached out to them and I thought, to be honest, it was a total long shot. I said, hey, listen, so I've been doing this event for the last few years to help homeless kids, but I've kind of outgrown going to each shelter to do it. Any chance 
I could take over Santa's carousel area and host my party there. And you know what the crazy thing is I've learned in business and in nonprofit? Sometimes if you just think outside the box and actually ask the question, someone will say yes. And this fantastic woman named Sarah Corrigan got my email. She was actually on vacation and she sent me an email. She said, I'm on vacation, but the answer is yes. I'm not sure how I need to kind of run it by the powers that be, but I want to be involved in this. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So she got back, we met, we did the first year of the program. And the crazy thing was we had to do it, you know, when the mall was closed, we had to either do it early, early, early in the morning, which posed its problems or late at night, which also had its own different set of problems. So we decided to do it at night. So the event actually started at 9 p.m. when the mall closed and went until midnight. And I don't remember exactly how many kids we invited those first years, but we've increased over the years and we just kind of keep inviting more and more. So the way the event works is we bust the children in from all different cities and we bring them all to South Coast Plaza. We stagger the times a little bit. We put volunteer shirts on. We put their event shirts on them. We put name tags on them. And I love the name tags because everyone going through the experience calls out their names and high fives them. And they go through over 50, what's well, grown to over 50 activity stations. They visit with Santa. They take a picture. They decorate a frame for that picture to go in. They have food. This year we had pizza and sprinkles, cupcakes, and all sorts of different things. And they have a meal, they have dessert, they play arcade games, they paint, they do face painting, they have their hair done and their makeup done and their nails. For the boys or anyone that likes sports, we have a whole sports zone. So they're doing soccer and they're playing games or they're decorating skateboard keychains cool things for kids of all ages. It's like a holiday carnival. And what we call our elves, our volunteers, walk them through the whole experience. And the elves are really the secret sauce to this whole thing because they make it magical. We have this great powwow at the beginning of the event. And we talk about how this event for these kids, this is their Christmas. This is their Christmas Eve. This is their Hanukkah. This is their New Year's. This is it for most of these kids. This is the biggest celebration they'll have our, all year and they need our energy, they need our love. And so many of these kids are quick to open up and other of them are more reserved. And you know, sometimes it takes some patience and some, some sensitivity and sometimes it takes enthusiasm and our elves are really able to be flexible and to just work with these kids to give them, to walk them through and host them and give them the best holiday experience possible. And so this last year, we invited the most kids we've ever had. We had 570 kids and over 500 volunteers, over 50 activity stations, like I said, from 9 p.m. to midnight. So it's like packed over a thousand people in like one whole wing of South Coast Plaza with all this holiday magic. We have a DJ and photo booths and dancing. Oh my gosh, I'll never forget this year. The cow from Chick-fil-A was in the middle of the dance floor dancing and doing the Macarena. And I just like, I was like, is this really happening right now? Like, this is awesome with volunteers and kids attending the event dancing. Everyone's equal and everyone's just laughing and having fun. I mean, the whole event just makes your spirit so happy. So anyways, 
the whole point of that is it just took one person to say yes. Like, I mean, it took me thinking like, well, this is a long shot, but let's give it a try. And then it just took one person to get that and say, yes, I'm going to make this happen. And now we've turned it into this big thing that, you know, this last time I was being interviewed by Fox News and a couple of different papers wrote stories on it. And it's cool. One year, Miley Cyrus came every year, football players come and professional cheerleaders come. And we had Elsa and Anna and Star Wars figures. It's just, it's just very cool to see what it's become 13 years later and what a special night it is for everyone. So what I did and what I'm doing every year is not anything that anybody else can't do. Anybody could do this. So let's go through the steps that you need to know if this is something you're interested in and you want to start your own nonprofit in a similar way or different. So first, volunteer at places that interest you. I really think that putting yourself out there, getting out there and just volunteer figure out what really speaks to you the most and what you're the most passionate about. And also, like I did, figure out what the need is. What can you really change? What need What need are you trying to fill? So volunteer. Figure out what you are the most interested in and volunteer there. See what the void is and then make a plan and run it by people. Run it by your friends and family, but also run it by shelter directors or other people in that world. So people that work in the sort of industry that you are interested in, run it by them. Let them know your plan and be open because you want to go in with the best plan that's going to make a change. So make a plan, run it by people, form a 501c3. Now, there's a lot of technical stuff involved with actually forming a nonprofit, but none of it's that hard. I will list it with links in the show notes to make it easy so you can kind of figure out how to determine the name of the corporation and articles of an incorporation. You need to appoint board directors, draft bylaws. Then you do some sort of kind of initial board actions you get an EIN number and an employer identification number from the Secretary of State. There's, you know, there's a bunch of steps like in anything, but none of it's that hard. And like I said, I'll lay it all out for you, all the fine print of all the details. But in general, forming your own 501c3 is not that difficult. You can totally do it. Then you want to get the word out. Of course, start your social medias, start your Instagram, and very important, get an email list going. Your volunteer base is going, your volunteer base and also your donor base is going to be everything for your support and your horsepower. So get an email list going, even if you just get a very basic website going so you can start gathering emails, that is huge. You can do a simple kind of free website or the cool thing about starting your own nonprofit is people will totally help you for free or without much cost at all. So maybe you reach out to someone that you know or a friend of a friend who creates websites and you say, hey, listen, I'm trying to start this great cause to help animals. And this is what I'm trying to do. And I was wondering if you could donate your time to help me create this very simple website. I'll make it as easy as possible for you. I'll lay out all the things and all the photos. Will you put this together for me? If you ask enough people, someone will say yes. 
It's just about being creative. And I'm telling you, put the ask out there, even if you think it sounds impossible. So get a website, get social media going, get an email list, and then figure out how you are going to raise money. No matter what, even if it's a lot of volunteering or maybe it's a lot of raising money, no matter what, you're going to need to raise money in some way. So kind of make a plan of how you're going to raise money. In the past, I've done things where I reach out to different companies and I ask them, hey, can I buy 500 beanies from you at a discounted price for my nonprofit so I can resell them to make money for the nonprofit so we can sponsor 10 families for the entire month of December, all their food and all their utilities so they're not stressed, whatever whatever it is. I will reach out to different companies and just ask, or I'll reach out to different companies and say, hey, I'm trying to give this entire shelter all new backpacks before the school year. Can you give them to me at a discounted price? That way I'll be able to all raise the money to pay for it. And then I get a discounted price on the backpacks and it all comes together much quicker. So think about, there's so many different ways. And when people see that you're a legal 501c3, it brings a lot of credibility And so many people are willing to help out and meet you halfway. You just have to think outside the box. And then you just start making an impact. Go. You're going to adjust your plan a hundred times. If you wait for the perfect time, it's never going to happen. If you try to iron out all the kinks, you're never going to start. I love grassroots. Like I love get in there, get a team, lots of energy, whatever it is, you're trying to do or change or create or support or help. I love grassroots and I love just getting in there, especially at the beginning. Learn as you go and you can always create a new plan for the next time. You might want to keep your nonprofit small or you might want to grow it really huge and big. Some people just want to do it on the side or maybe you just do something during the holidays because you have a busy job and busy family life Or maybe you end up becoming so passionate about it that maybe this becomes your full-time job and your forever passion. It can be whatever you want it to be. And that's the cool thing about it is as you get this horsepower of volunteers and donors, it's not all on you, but you do have to keep your eye on the overall mission. Know your mission and know your focus and know your goals. And then everyone else will help you along the way. Good people attract good people and there's just so much good to be done. I think that a lot of times it feels overwhelming and stressing and and you know we all feel like we just don't have enough time already. But I think that if you take that part out of it, it can be small, it can stay small. It's still impacting people or animals or the planet depending on what your mission is. I love doing nonprofit work. And again, if you don't know, if you're a 501c3, any donations are fully tax deductible. So that's a bonus too for corporations or businesses who want to donate to your cause. It's a full tax write-off. So that's a big bonus. I hope that all these tips and my personal story inspire you to start something, something small or something big or something that starts small but becomes big. Listen, there's nothing like doing good things and putting good energy out into the world and helping people or like I said, animals or the planet, whatever it is. And for you personally, when you have a mission, 
a mission to do good. You're filling time with good things. You have less time to think about things that are negative or a waste of time or gossip or anything along those lines. Once you see the impact you can make, like I said, big or small, it just changes your perspective. And in that way, it benefits you personally as much as it benefits those that you are helping. And that's awesome. Thanks for listening, friends. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.